0: So I've had a new album on repeat lately, and that's Kelsey Ballerini's new EP called Rolling Up the Welcome Mat. You may have heard me talk about it on an episode of Making the Brand News, but across six tracks, you hear a raw and emotional account of Kelsey's high-profile divorce from fellow country singer Morgan Evans. The songwriting is some of the best I've heard in a really long time. And Kelsey brilliantly accompanied this release with a short film that you can watch on YouTube. It gives you a visual to illustrate the dynamic of her relationship with her ex and its downfall over time. If you haven't listened to the EP yet, you'll get to see Kelsey perform it on Saturday Night Live on March 4th. And I just know that's going to skyrocket her career. I feel like that's when you really become mainstream if SNL calls you. But in the spirit of a divorce album, it's true that our biggest vulnerabilities make for the most compelling art. It's our setbacks and imperfections and authentic stories that help connect us. I was familiar with Kelsey before this EP, but her openness and her ability to articulate her heartbreak so beautifully, it just deepened my appreciation for her and now I really consider myself a fan. In analyzing the lyrics, I notice a few specific details that take these songs to the next level from a storytelling standpoint. Kelsey drops extremely personalized lines. For instance, in track two, called Just Married, she mentions her dog's name, Dibs, which is named after her first hit single. We also learn her wedding date, December 2nd, also Britney Spears' birthday, And in another track, we seem to hear a snippet from one of her and her ex's therapy sessions. She also reveals a story about a night that she slept on the couch and how the next day she and her ex were faking smiles on the red carpet at an award show. The album, even though it's short, it's packed with these little details and specifics, and I couldn't help see a few parallels between Kelsey Ballerini and Taylor Swift. For starters, Kelsey's short film reminds me of Taylor's decision to release a short film for All Too Well. But I think All Too Well is also considered Taylor's best song because of how she uses specificity in her songwriting technique, just like Kelsey is now. In the spirit of this, I decided to remix and re-release the most popular episode of Making the Brand. It was released on May 14, 2020, and it's a deep dive on All Too Well and the writing behind it and what makes it Taylor's best written, most compelling song. All of the inspiration in this episode still applies today, so let's get into it. Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brienne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between, because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. During a performance for NPR's Tiny Desk Concert Series last year, Taylor Swift addressed something I've known for quite some time. Her best song is All Too Well. Several media outlets have ranked Taylor songs over the years, and All Too Well is almost always at number one. Here's a quote in an article from Rolling Stone by Rob Sheffield. This towering ballad is Swift's zenith, building to peak after peak. For All Too Well, she teams up with her trustiest collaborators, songwriting sensei Liz Rose, producer Nathan Chapman, to spin a tragic tale of doomed love and scarves and autumn leaves and maple lattes. It's full of killer moments. The way she sings refrigerator, the way she spits out the consonants of crumpled up piece of paper, the way she chews up three alls in a row, no other song does such a stellar job of showing her ability to blow up a trivial little detail into a legendary heartache. You can schaden your Freud all over the celebrity she reputedly sings about, but on the best day of your life, you will never inspire a song as great as All Too Well, or write one." End quote. And this is not an unpopular opinion. Every Swifty knows that All Too Well is an absolute masterpiece. It's on her fourth album, Red, and it happens to be one of her longest songs at five minutes and 27 seconds. Fun fact, her longest song is Dear John at 6 minutes and 43 seconds. But anyway, getting back to All Too Well, from the first line, you cling to her every tragic word. Taylor said she loves screaming the lyrics together with her fans at her shows. As someone who's always been in awe of Taylor's writing, I wanted to analyze what makes All Too Well her best work. She has over 150 songs in her catalog, So what's different about All Too Well? I recently read a book called How to Write Short by Roy Peter Clark, which has an entire chapter about storytelling through song lyrics. It's really fascinating to see how songwriters are able to paint storylines, evoke emotion, and illustrate such vivid details through a single line or verse. But it was another book that really helped me understand what all too well gets right. In Stories That Stick by Kendra Hall, she explains the components that make a great story. One of them is this. Great stories zoom in on the details. A common storytelling mistake is speaking in generalities, which makes our writing too vague. When you zoom in, you drill down to the specifics. This is where the magic happens. It's one thing to write a song about love or heartache, but the story escalates when the listener can envision the details. Faces, places, objects, and everything in between. And this is the entire premise of All Too Well. The title itself speaks to how Taylor remembers specific moments of her relationship all too well. Rumor has it the song is about Jake Gyllenhaal, who she dated for three months in 2010. Right from the first verse, Taylor sets the scene and tells us about a scarf that she left at Jake's sister's house. Take a listen. I walked through the door with you air was cold but something about it felt like home somehow and i left my scarf there at your sister's house and you still got it in your drawer even now so good okay she could have simply mentioned that she left some of her stuff there but she zooms in on this scarf It inspires us to think about what the scarf represents. Why would he keep the scarf? Probably because he misses her and the memories they made. And now this simple item has meaning. Throughout the song, Taylor continues to illustrate objects and moments in the lyrics. I'm just going to read them. I'm going to spare you by not singing. (laughs) But she says, we're singing in the car, getting lost upstate. Autumn leaves falling down like pieces into place, and I can picture it after all these days. Cause there we are again, on that little town street. You almost ran the red, cause you were looking over at me. Wind in my hair, I was there, I remember it all too well. Photo album on the counter, your cheeks were turning red. You used to be a little kid with glasses in a twin sized bed. And your mother's telling stories about you on the t-ball team you tell me about your past thinking your future was me cuz there we are again in the middle of the night we dance around the kitchen in the refrigerator light down the stairs i was there i remember it all too well and then in a heart-wrenching turn of events taylor zooms back in on the scarf but you keep my old scarf from that very first week Again, it may seem like a small detail, but the scarf adds so much color and context to this love story. It helps us gain a deeper understanding of the characters and their feelings. This same logic needs to be applied to your own writing. You may think nobody cares about a scarf or the minute details of your experiences, but they actually transform a story from ordinary too extraordinary, so don't leave them out. Just how significant can a small detail like this be? Well, the Rolling Stone article said that Taylor Scarf should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so that's saying something. You might be wondering, how do you zoom in on the details in your own storytelling? Whether you're writing a novel, a song, or the copy for your About page, details are powerful. So how do you pack more of them into your writing? It starts with remembering them. All too well, you might say. This is why Taylor Swift has been journaling since she was a teenager. She writes entries about her daily life, which makes every moment and emotion crystal clear, even after it's long gone. Most of her songs start off as rough drafts in her journal, including All Too Well. In fact, with the purchase of her latest album, Lover, she included scans of her original journal entries. For me as a fan, it was fascinating to see her process and all of her chicken scratch and scribbles and how it evolved into this incredible song. So take it from one of the best songwriters of our generation, journaling is one of the simplest things you can do to improve your writing and your life. So what's the secret to effective journaling? If you're anything like me, you might have a bunch of empty notebooks lying around your house. I've picked up journaling many times in my life, but it never stuck. I'd get super excited and write every day for a week, and then get distracted and move on to the next thing. That all changed when I received a journal as a gift for my 30th birthday. I hadn't documented my 20s the way I wanted to, or maybe that's a good thing now that I think about it, but my 30s would be different. And I've been journaling pretty consistently ever since. So here's how to make your journaling habit stick. First, get a journal you like. This is another small detail that makes a big difference. I felt so uninspired to journal in Raddy's spiral notebooks and composition books that were lying around. There are so many beautiful journals that suit your personality and get you in the mood to write. There's different styles, colors, formats. You can choose one that is ruled with lines or completely blank. It's all up to you, but it starts with a journal that you like. Next is do it your way. Most people perceive journaling all wrong. It's not meant to be stressful. It should actually reduce your stress, but it starts with giving yourself permission to do it your way. So I'm here to tell you, no, you don't have to write every day. No, you don't need long entries. It can just be a sentence or two. And yes, you can draw and add stickers and lists and check boxes and do all the things that make it yours. Have fun with it and do it in a way that is therapeutic for you. Lastly, set a trigger. If you really want journaling to be a habit, you need to keep your journal in sight and incorporate it into your routine. Maybe you keep it next to the coffee maker so as you sip your morning coffee, you're journaling. Or after you make your bed, you place it on your pillow so at the end of the day before you get in bed, you know that you have to write. Attach your journal to something else that you do every day so it remains top of mind. If you're still not sold on journaling, here are some of my favorite quotes that may inspire you. A personal journal is an ideal environment in which to become. It is a perfect place for you to think, feel, discover, expand, remember, and dream. That's by Brad Wilcox. Here's one by Jen Williamson. Journal writing, when it becomes a ritual for transformation, is not only life-changing, but life-expanding. This one is short and sweet by Jessamine West. I love it. She says, People who keep journals have life twice. And lastly, here's one by Kay Walking Stick. She says, Journal what you love, what you hate, what's in your head, what's important. Journaling organizes your thoughts, allows you to see things in a concrete way that otherwise you might not see. Focus on what you think you need to find in your art. And I love that one because it talks about how journaling can influence your art. And it really does. It does for Taylor Swift and it can do it for you no matter what your profession is or how you want to apply it. It's just going to help you become a clearer thinker and remember those details so you can zoom in and tell a better story. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. For marketing wisdom with a pop culture twist sent straight to your inbox, sign up for my newsletter at brianfleming.com slash newsletter. Or find me on Twitter at Brianne2k. As always, thanks for listening.